Coming up on For or Against, a new host for Jeopardy, diamonds made from Fido, non-alcoholic whiskey, and streaming DJs. Just old friends on the podcast, we build a defense on ridiculous topics, are you for or against? Discussing random issues, man, this show is immense, so tune in and choose a side that you sit on the fence, man. We debate a lot of issues, boy, where do we start? Adults who drink milk and self-driving cars, you listening now to For or Against, so turn the volume up, this is For or Against. Hello and welcome to For or Against, a podcast for new friends produced by old friends. As always, I'm your host, Mike McFadden. Joining me today are Patrick Lothian, Robbie Silver, and Michael Whining. Hey, guys. Hey! hey. <laughs> I think I just Hello. said what. I just stumbled over your name. Do, do you want to redo that or do you want to keep going? That's keep his going. name now. Whose name? All right. Winand. I think I've added a G on there. Wine gang. Wine gang. The wine I, gang. I don't know where it came in. All right, well, we're going to keep it. There we go. Pat, happy, terrible. happy Thanksgiving weekend, guys. Happy Thanksgiving weekend to you. We're recording this before Thanksgiving, uh, but it's going to air after Thanksgiving. Oh. So it's the podcast Thanksgiving sandwich. Mm-hmm. Yum. Afterwards, that's some of the best things about Thanksgiving. It's like a, mm. a leftover Santa. Mm. We're thinking about doing a salad with our leftover chicken this Ooh, holiday. Chicken? Turkey, <laughs> like the pilgrim said, it's COVID. chicken sandwich. All rules, all rules are out the window. You can have chicken, you can it's have 2020, ham. whatever you got to do to get by. Whatever you got to do. Well, that's wonderful. It looks like we've got one uh, additional thing to be thankful for, and that is a brand new episode where we will be making sweeping judgments on unrelated topics based on very few facts and zero expertise. <laughs> Before we get to that, though, let's take a, a quick moment to update ourselves on the things that are going on in our lives starting with our soon-to-be texan robbie silver robbie what's going on in your life there's actually a lot going on where we're starting to pack up our apartment to move uh as i mentioned last week going down to texas in a month or two but i actually don't want to talk about that i want to talk about cranberry sauce because common side for thanksgiving meals as we're just talking about here it's the worst and so this isn't really a for against topic. I don't want to make it a huge thing, but I just want to know, do any of you guys like cranberry sauce with your Thanksgiving meal? I require my wife purchase or I purchase a canned version that's got like the rivet. Digit. That sounds rivet ironic. Thing. That's much better. No, I like that stuff. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah, I require that we have both. Wait, you want the sliced? I want the 79 cent can. If it can be a brand name I've never heard of before. Yeah, or so even, that's ironic. Better. That, that's not ironic at all. Tonight. It's not ironic. You don't really like that. I do like it. I've I think had it's it clear he does. Call my mother. She'll <laughs> back it up. That she wow. She'd spend a long time making like this cranberry stuff and then also have to buy like the Hormel cranberry <sighs> it's, can. It, there is nothing I want less on my thanksgiving plate than cranberry sauce and by the way it's not like i like something sweet i do like fruit give me apples or oranges or any other sort of fruit but cranberry sauce is just liquidy what, what and about actual and gross. what about actual cranberry sauce made of cranberries and like That's a pound true. of sugar i don't know if i've ever had that is that better? okay so i mean i can understand your reluctance to eat something that still looks like the can that it came in <laughs> once it's out of said can uh, you should try real cranberry sauce okay um because it tastes good <laughs> all right so maybe I'll, I'll whip that up for so Rob, this cram- is coming from a man who didn't know that blue cheese existed outside of a sauce <laughs> <laughs> so, still not sure i believe salt. you guys <laughs> 
Pat, what were you going to say about cranberry sauce? So I don't like cranberry sauce. Right Turkey, on. I'm, I don't care for. It's fine. I hate stuffing mm. and I am not a fan of mashed potatoes. So this Whoa. is the perfect holiday for me. <laughs> Bummer. Is there anything on the plate that you do like? Um, my wife's family makes a delicious noodle cracker butter thing that I could just have that and I'd be good. So do that. Have to yeah, is that, that's what we're doing. Is that a dessert or a, a like, what a, is it? No, it's like a side. It's it's basically noodles, broken up um, saltine crackers and butter, and you like fry it up in a pan. It's delicious. That sounds good. I mean, yeah. I mean, you can't really fried, go wrong with fried yeah. butter. Those three ingredients. <laughs> so, yeah. The noodles and the crackers are just vehicles for the fried butter. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Sounds good, Pat. What is going around uh, going on in your house <laughs> these days? I have two updates this week. I'll try to be quick. The first one is I've been doing stuff around the house, living up to what I should be doing as somebody who owns a house. And I put a new countertop in our laundry room. So it looks nice. like built in. So that was good. And then we found a leak under our kitchen sink and like the uh, bottom of the cabinet was completely concave and a plumber came out and just said, you need a new sink. So we got a new sink and <clears throat> unfortunately under the sink is like too small for my body to fit. So it took a <laughs> while, but I was able to put a new sink in. So that was kind of cool. Wait, you did both those things yourself? Oh, you must feel so the sink awesome. and the countertop? Yes. You oh, wow. are so much better than I am at Thank life. Thank you. Pat, I, I also know. had a leaky kitchen sink this week, but it was just- oh, yeah? It was just the P-trap, which is like the, the U-shaped oh, okay. thing. It came un, uh, unscrewed a little bit, so I just had to hand-tighten it back mm. up. That's um, a sympathetic leak. Yeah, sometimes, yes. sometimes sinks will do that when they, when they sense another one that's close. <laughs> <laughs> Michael, My, uh, what is going on? Oh, is, sorry, I thought you were done. Wait, wait, <laughs> this one's too. very important. Um, have you guys ever eat, been eating Cheez-Its, and some of them are like kind of burned and like taste bad? Sure. No. Yeah. So oh. apparently <laughs> yes, Cheez-Its Cheez makes Cheez-It extra toasty now, which I didn't know That's I was buying. When, yeah, it's literally like <laughs> we caught all of the bad ones and then put them in a box for you. I, I got them for my wife and uh, she was like, what is wrong with these Cheez-Its? Because <laughs> they're all burned. It's like, who wanted that? And now I've used my capital to tell them that i want it and i don't like that it kind of reminds me of like the bags of gardettos but where they only have the brown rye chips yeah those Rides. are good yeah <laughs> i like I think that. what we're learning is that it takes all kinds i like cranberry <laughs> sauce i can't <laughs> you like the brown things you hate them maybe there's space for us all <laughs> we each pick our favorite dish bring it together and then we'll have our own. But that's not what the show's about. We have to decide what's good and what's varieties. bad. And then, <laughs> and then that's the end. Okay. Patrick, I've, I've sort of talked over you twice in this one segment already. Are you done? <laughs> also, the Cheez-Its come with a 14-day code for uh, the Xbox Game Pass Ultimate. So just a heads up to any gamers out there. Two weeks of Xbox. Those game heads out there listening to our podcast. <laughs> oh, can I have another update, actually? <laughs> I, I had to call... Um, Since you for went I'm, using your I'm update opportunity to update, update us. To I don't want to... Since you, just, you, you pegged in an extra for her against, now you want your update, too? 
Rob, Rob, I'm going to give you my Thank time. You. I yield Aww. the floor. This is so important, no too. It does remind me because the gaming thing, I had to call my insurance company because I had a doctor appointment. I had to call them to make sure that the tests were actually covered by insurance. And in the middle of the call, the insurance guy on the phone was like, hey, hang on a second. Are you a gamer? I'm like, uh, and I've, I've never been a gamer, but I'm like, you know, I just had a kid recently, so I'm not playing as much. I didn't want to offend him. He's like, oh, well, we got this new thing called the PS5. I'm like, oh, yeah, the PS5, of course. I know it looks really sick, and I don't know anything about it. But so we <laughs> spent like five minutes talking about the PS5 and gaming and Call of Duty or whatever other games he was yeah, talking about. And or what? Did you get a no. PS5? They're impossible to get. That's, well, that's what he was telling me about. He told me that his buddy had to pay $1,800 to get a PS5. Oh, my God. Wait, so this guy just wanted to talk video games? Yeah. <laughs> you called to yes. find out information? And he's about my clock. insurance policy, yes. <laughs> All right. Very good. There you go. Back to you, Wynand. No, 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 no. That was my <laughs> he yielded. The, he yielded his time. Okay. So he's done. Go. Now Thank it's you. my turn. So uh, last week, um, I... Uh, shared a, a short anecdote about a bug because I I didn't think that I really had anything that had happened, but I totally forgot something. Some, yeah, it was a pseudo scorpion. I totally forgot that um, I received an email from my neighbor, and I live in a, a sort of semi small neighborhood, and so like there's a, a an email list that everybody's a part of, and he wanted to explain why the police were at his house earlier that day, which I I hadn't realized, but apparently the police were at his house, and it turns out that um, he. Uh, found a handgun in our shared yard so like my next door neighbor you know in between our two driveways there's you know some lawn and there was just a handgun wow. lying there that's and, freaky and and he didn't think to ask if it was mine no just kidding um, <laughs> uh, so what ended up happening is like nobody knew like why there was this just a handgun was it loaded yeah um, so it turns out that it was wow. not loaded, and what the police uh, thought they're, they're, they dropped uh, it. <laughs> they that the cops just <laughs> clumsy cops dropped the gun. No, they thought that it was like somebody from like the uh, the, the city had come in to like do um, sort of um, easy pickings robberies, like just going and checking to see if any cars were open and steal That's whatever they could and, and go on. Uh, but then it turned out um, like a day later, a detective came back and uh shared that uh, a week prior so like i think it was like six days prior um there was somebody uh that had been pulled over for a dui but before he was pulled over he zipped through our neighborhood and uh. likely tossed this handgun that was like unlicensed and not registered and all of that and just like before he got pulled over so like he knew he was drunk he knew he was already in trouble and but he also had a handgun on him, and so he ditched it um, well, that's in conjecture. our neighborhood. We can never know that. That's true. Well, allegedly. Allegedly. Um, <laughs> I love it. But how, how was... Northbrook cops have like all the manpower to like find out an un, like a gun. <laughs> when if you go twenty miles south of there, they find a gun, and it's like, oh, just throw it out. If it's not yours, put it in the trash. <laughs> but the. the the really scary thing is, is that there's like a ton of kids in my neighborhood and it was Halloween. So like there was kids everywhere and it was like, wow. if it came from the DUI, it was there for like a week outside where a kid could have just like come and picked it I up. I mean, so. we were talking about alternative Halloween treats. Did somebody take that too far? <laughs> I don't think so, but that was my update. I wanted to share that. I've, I've never had an experience such as that take place. I thought it was worthy of sharing. It is. Yeah, that's wow. the scary stuff. Oh, I, I got another one. Uh, Ready Player Two just came out. 
Are we not playing for or against? Is this just going to be one of those where we're just chatting like old friends? Let's play for or against. (laughs) One of us will present a topic. We will analyze that topic, discuss it, nearly always argue about it, and then decide if we are for or against that topic. Robbie, you're going to kick things off for us this evening because I believe that this update segment went on far too long. Take it away. Thank you. Are any of you guys Jeopardy fans? Do you guys watch Jeopardy? Yes. Casual Jeopardy fans. And Michael turned me on to a fun activity to play during Jeopardy. Mike, I don't know if you remember this or if you still do this, but it involves during final Jeopardy, guessing the answer before the question is spoken. Then you feel real proud. Ooh, I like it. Just based on the the category alone. Yeah, I used to watch it a lot. Um, And often you guys will yell at me because I know a fact or believe I know a fact but have zero like supporting evidence whatsoever. Almost all of that has come from Jeopardy because it was a correct answer on Jeopardy. And I know that, <laughs> but I don't know why. <laughs> Cause I used to watch that show a lot, but when I cut the cord, I mean, no joke. I thought about getting cable just so I could watch Jeopardy. <laughs> it's actually a really good show. I got into it. I've always been a casual watcher. Like every few months I would check out an episode, but earlier this year they had the tournament of champions and I actually watched that whole thing and it was fucking hard. Like they were asking yeah. monstrous questions. Well, like the primetime one? Yes, the like, primetime yeah, one. Like the, with the, with the, the three best players of all time. On cha- yeah, best of all time. Champions yeah. on top of champions on top of other champions. Yeah. And then I kept watching the show after that special was over, like the next week back to the normal Jeopardy. And the questions were like softball questions. Like compared to the questions the champions got, it was like, it felt super easy. So I felt smart a week later. So, uh, Robbie, I know that you have an actual topic here, but can... <laughs> But I have, a, I have a question that I just don't know the answer to. How does one get good at trivia? Because it's so broad. Like, is there a strategy other than just being broadly well-read and intelligent? Like, is there a way to prepare or, like, practice being good at Jeopardy? I definitely defer to Mike Wynan because he's the best at trivia in our group here. Yeah, I used to, I, in the before times, I used to do bar trivia <laughs> once a week. But um, the guys at, like, Jeopardy's a whole nother level. I would never be good enough to be on that. Well, uh, I'm sure like the, the, the process the studying, is translatable. Yeah, the process though. that they study is like, so like they, there are certain categories that come up a lot. Like uh, Shakespeare comes up a lot. And um, potent potent alcohol comes up a lot. And the Bible comes up a lot. And so like people will study just those topics because they know it's going to come mm-hmm. up. So when, uh, I have a few friends who who have tried out several times. I've got a couple acquaintances who have been on the show. Um, and that's really what you do is you just like focus on those categories. And then, you know, and there's also like a database of every question ever asked online. And so pe- like, there's like, people have done like statistical graphs of like the likelihood of something being asked. Do they ever re-ask the same question? Uh, I'm sure. I mean, it's been on for 30 something years, but that one guy who won the most money, not Ken Jennings, who won the most times, the guy who won the most money, like James Holzhauer job or whatever. And yeah, he's like our age, went to the university of Illinois. Like he quit oh, his nice. job and spent a year studying for jeopardy and went on and just killed it. Wow. And, and he also has the fastest finger in the West and he's sure. just has the betting strategy to just go all in every time and it works. Okay. So let's get Anyways, to your topic. What's we your have question? a topic what's your, here. What's, your, what's the topic here? <clears throat> Uh, National Treasure, Alex Trebek, national both U.S. and Canadian. He passed away. North American. North American Treasure. Uh, He passed away. God bless him. Mm -hmm. And now they've been starting to wonder who's going to take over as the next host. Well, 
just this week, actually just today as of recording, they announced that Ken Jennings, the winningest uh, player of all time, is going to be the next interim host of Jeopardy. It's not a forever thing, but they're going to test him out and they might go with some other hosts along the way. And so I want to see, thinking about it more broadly, if they commit to Ken Jennings full-time, are you for or against Ken Jennings as potentially the permanent host of Jeopardy? Um, and just as a reminder, with some of Ken Jennings' stats, he won the most consecutive games in the history of Jeopardy, and he won the most money ever in a single season of Jeopardy. And he's actually been a producer on the show for the last year or two, I want to say. So he is definitely well-versed in the show, and he's a respected player in the Jeopardy community. Having said that, I gave you guys a list of other names that have been thrown out, thrown around, and Ken Jennings, yay or nay? Would you choose him or someone else? Uh, Wine, I want to start with you because you've been big into Jeopardy. What do you think? Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I, I haven't watched in a few years because I'm a cord cutter, but um, Ken Jennings is actually a pretty funny guy. Like, um, he's been made famous because of this show. Um, and it'd be kind of cool if they kept it in the family. He's got a, a, he had a book that was very successful. I have not read it, but he also does this thing for mental floss once a week called connections, which is a game he invented, which is like five questions and they all have something similar related to them. Um, and I've been, I play that with coworkers, uh, sometimes, um, he's a good guy and it would be cool if they kept it in the family. I think, um, you know, I think that would be a better route than just picking somebody who has been on like a different show. Like you've, like you've got um, on the list you provided, like Drew Carey's on there and Pat Sajak is on there because right. been other game shows hosted other game shows. Like I'm not into that. You know, if they went another route where it was somebody who is really smart and interesting from another field, that would be kind of cool. Like Neil deGrasse Tyson has been thrown around, although he said he's not interested. That's cool. Um, but I, you know, if, if they, if Ken Jennings goes on there, this, I wouldn't be surprised if they give him the interim title and it's really just a trial run so that he can back out yeah. if he decides he doesn't want to do it. Uh, yeah, I'm on board. Yeah, do you think so you kind of just, you named like two different categories of hosts. It's either intellectuals or other game show hosts. Yeah. And so you're definitely leaning towards the intellectual side, but is there, is there something wrong with just trying to copy what Alex Trebek already did? Like Can't. do well, but that's, I feel like Ken Jennings, you can't, but he's the closest version of that. Like, kind of a mild-mannered, somewhat dry guy, intelligent, a little quirky, just a plain, smart white dude, really. Like, is that, do they want to keep going the same route, or do they mix it up with somebody who has more personality, somebody who's more of a celebrity, or somebody who's a, a female or a person of color, yeah. you know, so. There's a, there's a fair point there. I think it's a similar conversation to, like, does James Bond have to be a British white dude? No, I don't know. Um, but I think Ken Jennings, you know, he came out of this whole thing, um, which is why I think it's, it's an it's an attractive choice because people will see you know familiar face, and that's I think it's what you do like Jeopardy. The whole part of it is the questions, and part of it is because it is kind of like a um, you know what's coming in, you know what the you're going to know half the questions, you're going to know what well it's probably more likely like a third of them uh, for myself, but um, you know it's it's uh, a comforting thing because it's all on at three thirty every day, and so it's a guy that you know and. And a guy who, who became famous because of the show, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And he's totally inoffensive. Yeah. Got it. Uh, Patrick, let me go to you. What do you think? Um, so <clears throat> I think it will depend on if he's any good at it. 
I mean, that's kind of yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, a, it's a skill for sure. Yeah. So if he does it and he's just not good, then no, he shouldn't be it. Um, I think no matter what, it would almost be a better tip of the hat to um, uh, the guy with the stash that Alex Trebek, Alex Trebek who does not have, does not have a mustache. mustache. I was about to say that no longer had it. Yeah. I still can't believe how long he hasn't had a mustache. That blows my mind. Um, for them to do like a year of just having different people do it and kind of celebrating the show and then go to, okay, if it's going to be Ken Jennings, then it's Ken Jennings for the rest of the time. But I kind of like the idea of seeing different people do it when it comes to it. The only person this is really going to affect is the person who gets hired. It doesn't matter to me. Like it's not going to change my life who, is putting most job. topics on for or against will not change your life. <laughs> no, you they, have to pick a, a side. <laughs> you have to. This is kind of a point in the show. Pick. So I have to decide if I'm for or against this guy that I have never seen on the show. Correct. And know very little about. <laughs> Do well, so then you would choose somebody else. So like, who would be a good name to host a show? But I'm not saying I would choose somebody else. I don't well, know. How can I judge a man that I've never seen do a job? That's the I think dumbest that's what we do, ever. like every episode. That's the whole <laughs> judge things that were totally out of our league. <laughs> so, what's stopping you now? We've re- we've reached like the threshold where it's like this <laughs> yeah. is too this sensitive is a topic. Yeah, this is the line I will not cross. <laughs> All right, well then, moving on. Uh, <laughs> they are very frat before. <laughs> Neither. <laughs> you got a sound effect for that one, smart guy. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> All right, McFadden, what about you? I don't have a, a ton more to, to contribute to this conversation. I, uh, other than I, I reiterate that I think that the next host should come from the Jeopardy universe, should, should come from within the family. And so to me, having one of the winningest you know, players of all time, you know, take over makes a lot of sense. I think that this is going to be a good blueprint though for uh, when Lauren Michaels passes and what they do with Saturday Night Live. And so I'm curious. Well, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's, an, it's a cultural institution. Lauren Michaels in like his mid-70s, isn't he? He's an, he's, he's an older guy. Um, he, he was not at the helm for five years from 80 to 85. Um, and it sucked during that time. Did. Well, that was also the Eddie Murphy era, I believe. He was the one saving grace. Right. So I mean like it wasn't it wasn't all bad. There was definitely some good, like, you know, iconic, you know, moments that came from that era. It was a different thing, definitely. It didn't have the the Lorne Michaels, you know, you know, spin. Um, so I, I feel like but but and it, so so here's the thing is like everybody agrees that like the 80 to 85 era of Saturday Night Live was just like a different thing. And like there was Eddie Murphy and that was awesome. And pretty much everything else was like forgettable. Like name another person that was on the show during that era. You probably can't do it. So I feel like they had some big stars, but just and in that element, they didn't succeed. Perhaps. Like I think um, Billy Crystal was on, right? There were like folks like that. So, but, anyways, okay. go on. but I guess my point here is that like you have to stay within the family. Somebody who can honor the the you know the, the legacy that came before him, and I feel like Ken Jennings could do it because he you know came from within the institution. And to go like to bring in Drew Carey, that's the last person that I want to see. Like <laughs> pretend that he's in. He just came from the sh- game show that you watched when you were sick, when you were a child. You know, like. <laughs> 
Um, the price yeah. is rights to Jeopardy. That doesn't make a lot of sense. Like he did fine at that thing, but like you, there's no crossover between contestants on the price is right and <laughs> Jeopardy. So like, let's not have the host crossover either. This, th- these are separate worlds They we don't need them to mix keep the the next host from that family or find somebody who is an intellectual like neil degrasse tyson would make sense you'd be like okay like that type of person i actually think that him specifically like i don't think he would ever want to do it i think he's actually i think mike stated that he, he he's not going to do it but you gotta you have to have somebody that's an intellectual not just somebody that's famous or a game show host like to me, Alex Trebek wasn't a game show host. He was a, a, a trivia facilitator, <laughs> which is a but different What thing. about a Ben Stein that was a game show host and an intellectual? He went off his rocker. <laughs> oh, did he? <laughs> yeah, he did. <laughs> a Ben Stein type, perhaps. I don't well, so, know enough. Yeah, like, can I actually jump in here? So, but, so you are, yes. I guess you're for Ken Jennings? I'm for Ken Jennings, yes. Yeah. That's a long uh, way for me to get to that point, but uh. I just appreciate that you chose a, a decision on that one. So yes, um, good for Howard. Uh, I just wanted there are a couple on this list here. So there's a betting website that has the odds of who is most likely, and they do have Ken Jennings as the most likely permanent host. But the next name, number two, is George Stephanopoulos, who's the lead anchor on NBC News. He's an intellectual, even though he's not in the Jeopardy universe. Sorry, ABC News. Oh. I was I when I was looking through this, I thought LeVar Burton would be good. Yeah, that would he could be, be great. Awesome. <laughs> LeVar Burton would be incredible. He's got a yeah. great podcast. That could be a very good one. So I'm open to the idea. I feel like there are some cool ideas. I agree with you on and should not be a game show. Like I'm looking at Pat Sajak's face right now. And I don't even think he's good as the Wheel of Fortune host. <laughs> like he knows how his way around the wheel, but like uh, he's a great Wheel of Fortune host. Yeah, what are you talking about? There's a lot of nuance that Against goes into that where you have to, yeah, forget forget <laughs> you, Robbie. <laughs> yeah, at, least I make, at least I'm pointing out a decision one way or the other, okay? <laughs> uh, but oh, Ryan Seacrest, no. Definitely don't want to choose Ryan he's Seacrest. Got as jobs. Yeah. All right. Your topic was Ken Jennings. You can't right. just keep adding We're things 25 on 25 minutes here, into this. Honor the format. <laughs> Unlike the Pat, I will make a decision. Yet. I am for Ken Jennings. All right. All right. Thank, Thank you. you very much. Let's move on now to our dear friend, Michael Winan, yeah. who will hopefully, um, you know, mind the rate of play for <laughs> the remainder of the show. Or 15 minutes behind schedule. <laughs> All right. Terrific. I, uh, I was talking to a friend the other day um, who has a dog who's getting up in years. And the conversation came up is, is what, what, what are your choices to how are you going to remember this pet who's been a part of your family for so long? Um, they, their choice, I think it's going to be like, um, you get a print of the nose and a print of the hand, but it felt a little morbid to me to like take the dead hand of a dog and squish it into some cement. It's like a death mask from the 18th century. Why do you have to do it when he's dead? I think that's how they do it. Yeah. He just put it in like now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I feel the same way because we had we got one of those for our dog Charlie. Yeah. Like we didn't ask for it; they gave it to us. It kind of made me sad because I know yeah, that like, she wasn't alive yeah. when they did it. Like yeah. I like the idea, yeah. but do it like before Wait, they that. They didn't even ask you if you wanted that. No, that's messed up. <laughs> a lot of people want it, so they just. But assume. like they imagine that Charlie was a human, which Charlie might as well have been human, and to take your dog and just put it face Rich down to face. the cement. Wait, that's no, no we I didn't get the we, nose print though. 
we can't we can't just say charlie might as well no like a dog is a very different thing <laughs> no, in terms see. of the love and affection you feel yeah. sometimes it's greater for a dog than it is for another human being well, I'm just saying. it gets That's worse another than topic that together who's better people or dogs but <laughs> let's get to Mike's still, topic. We'll get to my topic. There's <laughs> an Austin-based. There's an Austin-based company, and actually one of a few few in the market called Eterniva. I think I'm pronouncing that correctly, like Eternity, but with a va in the end. That will actually take your pet, and it doesn't have to be a dog. They've done it for horses, and they've done it for iguana. Um, take one your iguana. pets. <laughs> yeah, one time, take your pet's ashes. Extract the carbon out of it using a, a very specific crucible and then simulate the pressures of millions of years of uh, the Earth's crust crushing upon that carbon to make a diamond. Um, so, I mean, would you be in favor of wearing um, a piece of jewelry made out of your pet? Do we take man's best friend and turn him into a woman's best friend? Um, I'll start with Patrick, who, who I know has had many pets. He suffered the pain of, of losing a pet. Yes. Uh, um, what do you think of, of this uh, alternative to remember um, your pet by turning them into a diamond? Um, so we do have Charlie's Ashes in our like living room in this nice little box. So like I get the idea of holding on to your pet. Um, worse than the print though, like the print didn't bug me. I didn't really think about it that way. But Amanda went in, our pet had just died. Both of us are still like in tears. And they gave her like a goodie bag, like a fancy goodie bag with the box in it. And it was just like the most awkward, like how is this? How you're like it's not a present. It was just it wasn't good. <laughs> oh, so God. yeah. So a couple of things on this diamond. So I get the idea. And if if you want to wear it as a diamond, like go for it. Like I have I have no reason to be against that. But for me personally, when I see the cheapest one is three thousand dollars. It range from three thousand to fifty thousand. If depending on the, how big you want the diamond. If I was wanting to get a pet and pets cost $3,000, I wouldn't be getting a pet. So the idea of my pet is now gone and I'm going to spend $3,000 minimum is kind of insane to me. So I am- It takes several months to do. They film the whole process and then someone goes to your They house. film it? Yeah, they film three the month process. video. <laughs> they, I'll, I'll get into why in a minute. Um, and then also they send it off to Antwerp where expert- jewelists will will take the rough diamond and, and cut it as if it was you know any other diamond so i'm not saying that it's not shouldn't be that much i'm just saying that i would never pay that much for it <laughs> and it also brings up the point that like if we're able to just make diamonds now why are blood diamonds still a thing <laughs> like why are people that evil that they're like no i want a real diamond dug out of the ground by a small child or nothing like I need, I, kind of I need to, yeah, taste the, the suffering that this came from. Yeah. So I guess because it's not a blood diamond, I am four. Yo, twist. <laughs> He's four. Uh, Robert, you have no pets. Let's see the other side of the coin. I don't, but as I just mentioned, I do love dogs, and sometimes they're better than humans. Uh, 
what I want to know is, is it the bigger the pet that you had, the bigger the diamond? Like, because no. I see on here that they actually have cremated horses and turned horses into diamonds. Is that just like a gigantic thousand carat <laughs> diamond? I'm for real. Like, is it correlated? I, I, well, you, that's the available carbon they have, but I think they they can use less if they need to. Okay. Um, they make it in they also can like colorize them if you're gauche um, and then it depends on the cut. Uh, Do we have a certain clarity into a piece of, yeah. Then mm -hmm. they set it into a piece of. Do you have any sense of, is this distinguishable from a real diamond? Like, could you go to the, I don't know, diamond district could. in wherever that might look be. Look at that and say, oh, this is a dog diamond. <laughs> 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 this is a cocker spaniel that you've given me. Yeah. No, I think they, yeah, I think there's experts who can tell a natural diamond from, because they have, you know. Oh, do you uh, hear? There's a diamond barking in the background. <laughs> yeah, diamonds on the soles of his barks. Uh, no, there's, um, yeah, they can tell an, an unnatural diamond from a natural diamond. I think because okay. the unnatural ones are just so flawless that, like, you can tell. I'm um, real. Oh, the unnatural ones are flawless? Yeah. yeah they can tell because yeah. they're so good? I, that's. I mean, I'm not an expert on this it. This seems like one of those things that you're saying with confidence, but actually don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm admitting to you that I don't know, okay. but I, I'm, just, I'm just wagering to bet. So real quick before you continue, Robbie, the other question I have is if they're just putting this in a machine, basically, that pressurizes it, why is the three carat one that much more expensive than the 0.1 carat one? Like that, like it makes sense when you find them in the ground and there's a limited amount, but when you're able to just make it as big as you want for the, it to be $50,000 compared to $3,000 doesn't really make sense to me. I think Maybe it's because it they put time. it in jewelry and stuff. Yeah. And it takes longer to make a bigger one because it grows like out of the carbon. I think if they can trick anyone into paying it, then basically diamonds shouldn't be that expensive anyway. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so to finish my point, like I said, in some cases, dogs are as loved or more loved than a, than a human. So it's getting me to think, well, if my loved human family member passed away, would I ever it, and ever think of morphing them into a diamond? And hell no, I wouldn't. So no, I'm, I'm not for turning your pet into a diamond. I'm against. All right. That's, a, that's an against and a for. Mike McFadden, you have living pets. What are your I have living pets? I, I'm sorry again, Mike. Just to put this out there, in some of the details, it says ashes or hair needed, and it says two tablespoons to half a cup. That's just a disturbing like detail to have on your website. That's weird. Uh, and a dash of dander to go along with it. <laughs> All right, Mike. I'm against this. I think it's weird. I don't want to do it. When my dog dies, she won't be jewelry. That's all I got. Easy. Whoa, he's laying down the hammer. Mike's just worried about the time. <laughs> no, um, we're good on time. I just, it's weird. <laughs> like, this yeah, is it a is great, weird. it was, you know, the way that your uh, pet memories should live on is as memories, not <laughs> as jewelry. Yeah. Are you Full against stop. me having my dog's ashes? Uh, mm, I don't think so. I, I don't, because I feel like it's the sort of thing that uh, maybe, I don't know. Did you give a lot of thought to this when Charlie was a, a living dog? Or did you, no. you know, take care of it? And then they're like, oh, here you go. And you're like, oh, now I have canine ashes that I need to do something with. Mm -hmm. That was the second. Right. So, yeah, yeah I, like, I, I feel like, 
just throwing them away <laughs> like <laughs> is not the right move. Yes. Um, and, and maybe you, you want to find a place that's meaningful to, to spread the ashes, or maybe you want to keep them. I don't really know which one I would probably, I don't know what I would do. Have you ever thought of doing a taxidermy for your dead animal? Cause that's something that some people do and it's weird. I'd do it for Fred's dog or whoever is on the corner who keeps interrupting our <laughs> podcast. Steve. <laughs> Steve dog. All what about right. What about you? Did so, we yeah, Michael. Our... Yeah, we didn't get my you, opinion. You, you have young Roscoe here. I have young and, Roscoe. Uh, many, many years away from God being willing. God willing, Roscoe. Yeah, I mean, I love him to death. Um, and beyond death, I will love him as well. Uh, but I won't turn him into a diamond. Um, I think um, the memories and, and, and having those and taking as many photos and videos as possible. Um, because one, I'm just definitely afraid. Like if you spend all this money and then it's your friend and then you lose the piece of jewelry. <laughs> oh my gosh, how devastating that is. And then uh, Rob, you also um, alluded to the fact, could you imagine if people did this for humans? And I got news for you, buddy. They do. Oh if no. This company does. Another tab. This eternity, most of their revenue comes from turning people into diamonds. What? Yeah, dude. No. Yeah. You still only need a tea two teaspoons to have Same a cup. Same amount needed. <laughs> but like, that's why they have to film the whole thing because they're using dead people's bones and guts and stuff. And that's wild. Like if you, we talked about ghosts and whether or not you, that's a surefire way to get haunted. If you've got a diamond <laughs> in your house that's made out of somebody. Um, and so the very idea of that is so disturbing to me that, uh, that I'm not oh going to Oh my gosh. In the advertisement for the people one, they have the, the daughter holding this picture of her dead mother. Yeah, dude. And then they turn her into a diamond. Yeah, dude. I'd like to interject for a moment. If I live to the age of 90 and I'm in a financial position to be able to do this, I am definitely putting it in my will that I will be turned into a diamond. And then it's going to like- Into a grill. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then my family just has to deal with Grandpa Diamond for like ever. Also, just, just a great clarify. lasting prank. Grill meaning the diamonds on your teeth. Because, you know, different people yes. listening might have different interpretations, but- Yes, that would be awesome. <laughs> All right. Uh, do we have anything else that we want to say about uh, <laughs> this morbid topic? No. I mean, who wants burnt Cheez-Its? <laughs> <laughs> Could you or turn burnt, burnt Cheez-Its into a diamond, do you suppose? There's carbon sure, in Cheez-Its. Yeah. All right. Very uh, good. They just need two tablespoons, apparently. <laughs> Let's take a quick break to hear from our sponsor. Four Against is brought to you by Bye Bye Liver, the party card game. Based on the long-running hit play of the same name, Bye Bye Liver, the card game is a mix of classic party games like Would You Rather, Never Have I Ever, and Most Likely Too, as well as some new games straight from the Bye Bye Liver writer's room. Both the original game and the expansion pack, The Deck Too Far, are available at buybyliver.com. Use promo code FOA at checkout to save 20% on your purchase. As part of the sponsorship, we've been asked to play one round of Most Likely Two. This week, Michael Winand will present our scenario. Michael, please take it away. All right. I definitely have an opinion on this one, and I'm interested to see if it's going to be unanimous or not, or if I'm completely reading the room wrong. But who among us is most likely to turn to cannibalism when the apocalypse hits? Four. <laughs> I'm going to start with Patrick, <laughs> then Mike, then Rob. Patrick. If it's supposed to be obvious, it's then not, Robbie. I, Robbie? Why so? He just always looks at me funny. 
<laughs> I would like, eat you like in one of those cartoons ass. where you turn into like a drumstick. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mike, what do you think? Um, I'd actually say me. Um, and not because like I want to eat people, but I feel like in that circumstance, it's either going to be me or Robbie because I feel like we're the most analytical and we're going to be the quickest to, to, to jump to, well, there's no other option. Better do it. And whereas Pat's going to be like, but that was Winand. Like he was, he was our best friend. We can't eat Winand's the first it's to been die. It's 10 <laughs> minutes. Sorry. You can either eat him or you can turn him into a diamond. Your choice. Um, so it's either going to be me or Robbie. And I feel like Robbie's going to hold out a little longer. And so me. All right, Rob. Yeah. For me, it was an obvious choice. I'm definitely choosing McFadden as well. Yeah. Um, when I was a Boy Scout, one time we were camping in a cabin and we watched together the movie Alive, which is about cannibalism. <laughs> and I could totally picture McFadden as one of those characters in the movie. Just like, all right, guys, well, we all got to survive. This is the logical thing to do. So definitely McFadden. Yeah, it absolutely is Mike McFadden. He's an Eagle Scout. He's prepared for everything. He's already probably decided which one of us he's going to eat. I mean, he said whining pretty quickly. <laughs> yeah, he was already on board. He's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But well, it's not a decision. It's scenario. just, it's the logical sequence of events. You're going to be the first one to go. Sorry. <laughs> so, you're going to be the first one to be eaten. Like, I'm not going to wait for Pat to go next. Oh, fun. <laughs> it's definitely going to be Bobby Pat next. Me. Yeah, because he does something like he, he trips you. <laughs> and, like, you break a leg, you get gangrene, and then, like, you go. Because, like, but out of... Because like two of us are gonna die, like we know that, <laughs> and so yeah. I'm gonna movies work. It's, yeah, so so Robbie's gonna make sure it's not him, and I'm gonna be yeah. the first to eat you guys. <laughs> Robbie's gonna hide <laughs> in the closet. How did you not know this? <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna die heroically though. I hope at least. All right, I'm gonna save you boys. And then you thank you very much to uh, Bye Bye Liver the Party Card Game for enlightening our viewers. The liver is the best part. Me. Yeah, cannibalistic ways. Use FOA at checkout to save 20% at buybyliver.com. Thank you again. And we're back. Now it's time for my topic. I'm going to take the lead here. And uh, the topic that I have for you all today is non-alcoholic whiskeys, specifically a brand uh, of non-alcoholic whiskey, which according to their website and their, their video is like the only version of non-alcoholic whiskey. Um, it's Kentucky 74 by the company Spiritless. What do you guys think about the idea of a non-alcoholic whiskey? I personally have seen and, and tried non-alcoholic beer. I've had like sparkling ciders instead of like a, a sparkling, you know, wine or champagne, but I've never heard of, you know, a, a, a spirit that was non-alcoholic. Um, I'd like to start with Robbie and then go to Patrick and then finish with Winant. So Save Robbie, the biggest booze hound for the end. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's a running theme on this show. Uh, you <laughs> know what? I, I, when I first heard the topic, I'm like, well, obviously we're against it all, right? Because the whole point of drinking whiskey is the booze. But I already convinced myself otherwise. Uh, I am for alcoholless whiskey because I think that there is, there are a lot of people who genuinely like the taste and the experience of just sitting there with a glass, some ice cubes potentially, and some whiskey poured in a glass and just sipping it and taking the edge off. And I think there's a 
mental component to it that doesn't involve the actual inebriation, where it's just like there's a, a relaxing feeling of the taste and just that it's sitting there and sipping it. And I actually think that I might fall into that category. Not that I'm anti-alcohol, but I actually don't drink alcohol that often. But if I had something I could just sip on just to like be kind of part of that routine at the end of the day, I actually think there's something nice about that without subjecting yourself to the negative effects of alcohol. Uh, and then of course, there are people who have struggles with alcohol that this might be a good way for them to get the benefit without the, the, the downsides of alcohol too. So yeah, I'm for it. And Pat, <laughs> you clearly have something to say too. So I think Pat's looking at wine and... <laughs> 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 so a little, yes. little teaser to, to what's to come. Um, thank you, Robbie, um, uh, for, for sharing your thoughts. Patrick, what do you think? Non-alcoholic whiskey. Well, just getting this part out of the way, I don't like whiskey. I think it tastes bad. So I'm against this product. And just to um, clarify, this is a, a, uh, a bourbon whiskey. So I, I'm better. one of those people who always gets confused about like what's scotch, what's mm -hmm. whiskey, what's rye, what's bourbon. But there's probably some listeners out there who, who would like the clarification. So Patrick, you don't like any sorts of whiskey, including bourbon? Including bourbon. And most people who drink bourbon are like bourbon snobs. So it's, it, I would, f I'm sure there's a market for this, but it doesn't seem like it would be that big because they'd be like, well, that's not real bourbon, which is what they say about anything that's not bourbon. So that I'm, I'm confused by what this product even is. So I, I can perhaps help out a little bit. Uh -huh. A lot of uh, the imagery on the website um, is featuring um, cocktails uh, or what they sort of call as, as mocktails. And so it, it's going to be, you know, mixed cocktail drinks, sans alcohol, but still having somewhat of, you know, that, that bourbon whiskey taste. Um, they, they do say that it uh, doesn't necessarily pack the punch that, the, the alcohol, um, alcoholic version of whiskey would carry, um, but you get like the oaky barrel caramel notes that you would find in a traditional spirit. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, in your mind, if you had like a, a whiskey, you know, Moscow Mule or like an old fashioned or, you know, just some sort of mixed drink that is not going to be like just straight up bourbon, does that change your you know, thought? Not really. Um because I understand what Robbie's saying, but the person who like relaxes with a whiskey every day, it's at that point, it's not even doing much to you. Cause you, when you take in that much alcohol, normally it doesn't do the same thing it does to you as if you're somebody who only drinks every it once in a while. It doesn't do that much to you in terms of the immediate effects, but it's slowly destroying your liver every day of your life. Well, that and it, it's, but... it's more the, the day after it's like, even if you have like a beer or like two beers, like the next day, like you feel different than if you had no beers. And it's like, same thing. If you've had like one or two drinks, like you just, it, it's not a huge difference, but like for me personally, if I have one alcoholic drink, like I wake up the next day, I'm like, Oh, I, I know that I had a drink the night before. I don't feel hungover or bad or anything, but there's a noticeable difference between. So yeah. But I'm talking about the people who wouldn't know that difference because they have a drink every night, which it kind of seems like that was what Robbie was going for is the like going through like, oh, at night. Well, I have, of us well, well maybe it's not every, like there's a comment here. Somebody's like every Friday night. I like to I like to hear he says I do enjoy a couple of bourbon on the rocks to wind down my Friday evenings and I have a heart condition. So this is kind of a good balance for that once a week kind of treat. 
Mm-hmm. That was the other thing that they talk about is another use case of the spiritless whiskey is to cut your alcohol content in half. And so you'll go one to one. So you'll have, um, you know, just half the alcohol content. Um, or like if maybe you're at like a wedding, like you're going to have multiple drinks, like you might go every other or a one is an alcoholic version of like if you're having a Jack and Coke and then um, like the next one is, you know, a, a Kentucky 74 and Coke. And so it's more about like the social aspect without getting blitzed. <laughs> I can understand that I'm still against. <laughs> I think I'm definitely for like that explanation makes me even more for it. I think it's a great idea. Yeah. Uh, Wynan, how about you? Gentlemen, this is insanity. <laughs> um, whiskey is 40% alcohol. And to take that out, this is going to be terrible, right? Because I don't know, like, what is it that they're replacing that for? Yeah, that's what I'm wondering. You're probably so. right. That part is probably true. Right? So everything you've said previously about how, like, you need to find a different routine, and most of it is probably about, um, you know, the a lot of people like smoking because it's, like, a ritual for them. So, like, replacing that ritual, replacing that ritual with green tea that has no caffeine in it. Like, I support that 100%. But I'm not going to pay $35.99, which is more money than I would pay for bourbon in a lot of cases, for a fake bourbon that I don't know how it tastes like. And even if it does taste, it's not going to taste good Um, because like people don't drink bourbon because it's a thirst quencher, right? (laughs) Um, So I'm against this just because I think they try to find a market here. This is a, a marketing ploy. I'm not for it. I am for cutting down alcohol. I think in COVID times, I, I, I can't tell you how many articles I've read and friends I've talked to and mirrors I've looked into that said, hey, maybe you should uh, not do three or four times a week and maybe one or two times a week like you used to. Mirrors. Um, and uh, <laughs> and it's, so I get that. I totally get that. Um, but, uh, but this is not the way to do it. I'm against it. All right. Well, I'm going to share my thoughts on this and they more closely mirror my, my initial thoughts more closely mirrored wine. And I'm like, what's the point? Why, why are we doing this? Like th- th- there's a reason that we're having the bourbon and that's because of the alcohol content, but then I don't get you drunk. But then after thinking about it, um, I came to the same conclusion that, you know, as Robbie that like, this might be a nice, you know, tool to have in your toolkit. The one thing that I will say is, um, sometimes I've been like in uh, work functions or I've been in social situations where like everybody's drinking and like, I, you know, I never choosing. <laughs> okay. Club well, all the way. so, okay. But so this is specifically the issue that I was going to say is I will choose to have like club soda and lime or something. And the thing that happens is they end up giving me like a soda glass full of club soda and then I'm like walking around with this giant like pint glass. Mm-hmm. And so I, I'm either like clearly making a stance of like, I'm not drinking uh, or I look like a total belligerent alcoholic because I've got a whole pint glass <laughs> full of you know, a cocktail, which is so like both ways. I'm, I'm not trying to make a statement. Like I just want to go like under the radar and just sort of like, you know, I, in that case, don't need the social lubricant. Um, so I feel like I'd like the idea of, mocktails like taking off as like a category where it's it's not like weird where you could just go and order you know something like that and so then you can you're not no attention is drawn to you and and then you also don't have to be like making a you know any sort of 
point any way, shape, or form. So I don't. I like the uh, yeah. idea of there being an option, and yeah. I also like I, the idea of sorry. having. Sorry, I also like the idea of like I like the ritual aspect to it because like sometimes I like to end the night with a glass of wine or something, but I don't necessarily want you know the ramifications <laughs> yeah well that's the other thing you open up a <laughs> bottle of wine like well, a lot better all right patrick what were you gonna say well i was gonna say that totally makes sense but it doesn't have to be a fake version of what you're drinking it can just yeah. be more options at a function like that it's kind of like the beyond meat stuff that doesn't taste like meat but they're trying really hard and it's like why don't you just make something different that is an disagree. Disagree. I just had the Impossible Burger. Some of no. Some of them taste like meat. I'm saying the ones that don't, like the ones that yeah. don't hit the mark. Be- because you can't. Because then you have to have bartenders learn like a whole new menu of mixed drinks that caters to a very small population of bar goers. But here you can just have a Kentucky 74 old fashioned. I still think that that's a very small amount of people. Yeah. So I don't think Perhaps. anyone would ever carry it in this situation. All right. I think we've exhausted this topic. Thank you, gentlemen. I love how uh, let's sometimes move on. when Mike just doesn't want to talk about anything more, he goes, oh, I think this is it. This is he <laughs> on I, get to, I get to be the host. That's, that's my role. Otherwise, we'd still be talking about uh, Ken Jennings <laughs> and other possible you don't Jeopardy have to, like, hosts. put a point on it and be like, shut up. You guys are not saying anything cogent. <laughs> Patrick, what's your topic? Your we've moved on. <laughs> So my topic is streaming DJs. So in the past, we've talked about game streamers. So people who play a video game and stream on the internet, them playing that game. So this is people that wake up and they go in front of a camera and they dance at their mixed tables for eight hours playing some music to people who sit at their computer and watch them playing that music. And this... Also, I also am interested to hear what you guys think of DJs, not at like a wedding, but somebody who's like a professional DJ that you'd go and see them as um, like you would a musician. So we've talked about when, who gives their opinion. I'm going to start this off. um, That I don't, that's not my type of music. And whenever I see a DJ doing like a special DJ thing, it, I never, like, it never seems like they're doing anything other than just, like, playing the music. I know that they are, but, like, it's not, it's like, why isn't that already just recorded and you're just hitting play? Like, it doesn't do anything for me to see them up there, like, moving switches around. Um, This coming from the guy who likes watching people play video games. (laughs) It's very different. It sounds like the same thing to me. (laughs) He presses buttons and I watch him press buttons. What's the difference? uh anyway so then the more extreme version of that is somebody like i i I get going to it like it's not my thing but i get going to it when you are in the experience of being at a show and you're dancing around maybe you're having some non-alcoholic whiskey with your friends and you're having a good time but sitting at your like work desk and like watching some guy spin some records in his basement, I don't, I don't understand. Um, there's also Fortnite has had like DJs on it, which even takes it a step further. So you're not even seeing the DJ. You're at a fake concert on your computer 
watching a digital guy replicate what a guy is doing in his basement. So I'm going to be against on this one. Um, and we'll see what you guys think. Uh, I'm going to start with Mike because he keeps shaking his head. I don't know if it's at me or at the DJs. Which one? There's two of us. Oh, sorry. McFadden. <laughs> All right. Very good. Um, I, like you, don't get DJing. <laughs> so um, maybe it's just because I'm not cool. Um, but uh, like, I don't, I don't know what they're doing. Um, so, but I, I feel like I, at, at certain points in my life, have been really into like uh, playing guitar, for example. And like, I could see watching somebody play an instrument that I appreciate. And really, I can understand watching somebody engage at a high level in in any sort of you know craft or hobby um that that i have an appreciation for whether that's wood carving building legos or or djing so like i get why people would want to do this i personally just like don't like the music and don't understand what they're doing so like to be so clueless and to also have to hear this nonsense that i don't appreciate <laughs> Sounds like the worst possible activity that I could ever engage in and a form of torture, perhaps. Um, I didn't really, under, like I looked at one of the links that you shared and it looked like they were at a club, but it was pretty clear that they were in a basement. And so mm -hmm. and, you know, obviously if it's streaming, like, you know, we're in COVID time, so it, it couldn't have been. Um, oh, so like, yes, I'm, it could I'm, have been. Well, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I guess... It's uh, it's certainly not for me. It, you know, if it floats your boat, you know, go ahead. But I'm against it personally. I'm in an age. I'm I'm in my mid thirties. I don't know if you guys know anybody in their mid thirties. Um, <laughs> but where the number of doors that are in my life are, they're more closing than opening. Um, it seems, particularly when it comes to cultural things and, and types of music, and and one of the doors I think that is closed. And I'm extremely happy about that. I will never have to go to a nightclub dance club ever again. No one's going to ask me to go and I won't have to go. Um, and that makes me feel really good. Uh, EDM and, and electronic dance music and, and DJ music has never really been my thing. But, and it's a big but, is that I know it's a lot of people's thing. Um, and I have been, uh, I've died on this hill a few times on this show where cult people's, um, people like what they like and people like to express themselves in ways that, that are, are ways that I won't personally be a part of. Um, I, I was talking to my wife uh, yesterday actually about people that we know who are like, I'm just, I don't like music. And those people are, what? yeah, like, like, like I'm just not into music. Uh, music's Never not my trust thing. those people. Never. Yeah, Han, Han, they don't like music or they dislike music. They don't like music. They're just not okay. they, like music has. No, they, I can get they listen that. to music and it, it it does nothing for them. And and that's crazy because music is a way that that humans uh, can communicate with one another and it's an art form where we express ourselves and and um, you know make people feel differently than their current experiences. Just because this type of music isn't for me doesn't mean that it isn't affecting those people in a certain way. And I think that, that Twitch is a, actually a, a very valid way of getting that across. Um, and, you know, people, it's, you know, what's the difference between this and MTV back when MTV was MTV, where people were watching other people perform their craft? 
uh, in a music video. So I am 100% for this. I hope it's very successful. Um, just I'm not going to tune in. <laughs> Said it all. Uh, I'm going to jump in now. First of all, I'm a little concerned of the four of us. McFadden, are, do you, is there music that moves you, McFadden? Do you get moved um, by any music? Yeah, does- he likes country music. We used to let's drive around in his car and listen. Okay, to, like just country. He likes, there... Mike likes that, like real, real produced, like Nashville country, which you I like. Know. Rascal Flats. I don't like music nearly in the same way that any of the three of you do. So music does because not. Think I'm in the middle of those. Again, of he already said that he's like a part-time cannibal. Like we get that he's. A <laughs> no, not part-time. I'm just an opportunist <laughs> cannibal. <laughs> right circumstances. Well, no, I'm just like music-wise. Uh, I'm just trying to think. No, there's definitely some music. Um, Eddie Labelle. No, like so, it would never. It would be all situational. It would be more like here's a time when music was really meaningful to me. My grandfather used to uh, sing a hymn at Christmas Eve, um, every every Christmas, and that uh, particular song, his particular rendition, is very meaningful to me. But it, it, it's because I think, of I think there's a DJ in the time and place. <laughs> yeah, right. All, all, he, Christ, all Christmas hymns all the time. Right. So, but, um, but not in the same, but like, I know that you love the Beatles. It's very, it's very meaningful. True. The band is That's very meaningful to you. controversial opinion, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, you went into the music industry because of your love. For yes. And I, I acknowledge that it's uh, off the deep end compared to most normal people. But yeah, I don't, I don't have that with like any band where I'm like, ah, oh, like I'm in a bad mood. I need to listen to <laughs> But even so like here. in the last few weeks, I've been going on a Spotify playlist that's called Light Jazz. And I know only a handful of the songs in this playlist. Most of them are totally unfamiliar to me, but there's something about it where I, just, it, I put it on and it puts me in this super relaxed, enjoyable mood. And like, it, it does touch me in a way where it's just like, it, it shifts my mood in a very positive way. And so I feel like going into one of these streaming DJ things, you guys were mentioning like the aspect of going clubbing. and. And I think for most people who watch these live streams of DJs, it's actually not at all the types of people who want to go clubbing. I think it's the type of people who, to what Wine was saying, this type of music speaks to their soul. And I totally do get that it doesn't speak to your soul because frankly, most DJ music doesn't speak to mine either. Uh, although I did, I clicked the first link with Insomniac and it was, it was a vibe. It was kind of fun just like seeing the guy spin and like do his I, thing. Uh, yeah, that's true. Like, yeah, I heard that too. It was like, all right. I found it yeah. so uncomfortable to watch. <laughs> <laughs> but, but then it got me thinking like, okay, so this kind of music really isn't my thing. But a band that I love seeing live is Metallica. Like, and again, I get if it's not your kind of music, but in terms of a live show, I just get immersed when I see them performing live. And for people who love that music or love that band or performer, if a band like Metallica would perform for hours straight on a live stream, there would be tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of people who would go crazy, who would absolutely be enthralled seeing their favorite performers playing like a, a raw live performance on a stream. So putting that into the you, shoes of- so, Real quick. So yeah. say the Beatles or Metallica were doing that, but they were doing it every single day. Do you think you could watch it every single day? My, my brother could. My brother is <laughs> the biggest Metallica fan in the world. And it, honestly, even I couldn't, even for the Beatles, I couldn't do that. Like <laughs> at a certain point, you got to live your life. 
but uh, yeah, so not every day, but I certainly could tune in like every couple weeks to like have a good couple hours of just like jamming out. So what are Ringo and the boys up to? <laughs> yeah, let's check it on Ringo and the All-Stars. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I'm for it. I don't get moved by DJ music normally, but I totally get those people who do for it. 50-50 right. split. Sounds good. Let's move on. Again <laughs> with moving on. Before we wrap for the evening, it's time for a quick lightning round. I will list five topics in rapid lightning-like succession, and my fellow hosts will share their positions in honor of the upcoming, uh, in terms of when we're recording, or uh, just had in terms of listening, holiday Thanksgiving. I'd like to know how each of you feel about several different Thanksgiving traditions that I found searching the internet. Gentlemen, are you ready? Always. Yeah, so are we for or against these traditions? These traditions, yes. Okay. Um, and we're gonna Is there go... anything to look at or are we just listening to you? I I'm going to read them. I'm going to read them to you. Okay. okay. There's not much to look at. So, and uh, we're going to go Winand, uh, Robbie, Patrick. Uh, the first one is not terribly new, but the turducken, which is a turkey mm -hmm. that is stuffed with a duck that is stuffed with a chicken. Mm -hmm. Michael, mm -hmm. for or against the turducken? Uh, I believe this was... Uh coined a term coined by john madden of football fame um but uh i'm a i'm against there's no way that this tastes good uh, separate the parts and i'll eat it i'm against it. <laughs> uh i've never had it i'm of the, the theory that if you stuff something in something else the stuffing should be fattier and saltier and sweeter so i don't know why a chicken is the last thing that's like the blandest thing to stuff it with so i'm against I think it's a size thing. I don't think it would be real easy to get a turkey and a chicken. I don't think a chicken fits in a duck. I think a duck is smaller, but I agree with you. Think about the Affleck duck, not like a mallard that you see at the park. Okay. <laughs> Still against. <laughs> um, I'm going to go four because then I can eat the chicken instead of the turkey. Because <laughs> <laughs> you don't like turkey. All right, thank you very much. Next uh, topic is turkey bowling. So this is a tradition that started in 1988 at a grocery store in Newport Beach, and they set up bowling pins in the aisles of a grocery store and used a frozen turkey as the ball and bowled. Are we for or against turkey bowling? Michael. Uh, yes, let's uh, bask in the surplus that is Americana. <laughs> um, I'm for it. Why not? <laughs> That's fine. So at first I would think this would be demeaning to the turkey that got murdered just to be used as a bowling ball. But then I'm thinking, well, you know what, if you're going to bowl with it and then you're going to eat it, that's pretty yeah, great. Cause then you're using all parts of the animal for multiple reasons. And that's something that an Eagle Scout would do. So I'm for that. I would definitely bowl with you guys before I ate you <laughs> in the apocalypse scenario. Patrick. Yeah. I'm bowling? Like, like extremely against this. I like <laughs> feel really bad about eating any kind of meat. And at some point, maybe I will try to not do that. Yeah, I'm going to be vegetarian by 2035, I'm predicting. I'm not, I'm yeah, but the idea of like, if somebody froze me and then like bowled with me, like that's not okay. So why would I do it to another living being? It's a frozen again? turkey. So like you, you're not r just bowling with it. You're then going to take it home and eat it. Yeah, you're getting more joy out of it. Yeah, for more it use. Both those oh, I disagree. I think I'm insulting. Cost, cost per use. As one also, what are the chances <laughs> that they actually use, actually eat that turkey after rolling it on the ground over and over again? And then you're getting that salmonella all over your store. It's just, 
I don't like it. Wait, wait is it the for. raw turkey or is it still wrapped? No, it's a frozen wrapped. turkey. Lightning. Yes. <laughs> Lightning. <laughs> it's got, okay, next up. Uh, a turkey trot. So this could be a 5K, a 10K. Any organized run of any distance that takes place Thanksgiving morning. How do we feel about turkey trots, Michael? Not in COVID times. No, thank you again. <laughs> but maybe next year. Well, I think I'm I'm for, and I think that this is something that you could do in COVID as long as it's not like a formal trot. Like if it's just you and your family and you're like, hey guys, it's tr- Thanksgiving morning. Let's go for our fun run. Well, it's like one of these virtual runs where like everybody starts at the same time, but you're all somewhere different. It, we actually, we, we did not virtually, but we did do a turkey trot one year with Lexi's family. And it was nice. Like you just get to spend 20 minutes jogging with your family. It's, it's a lovely so way to start. not an organized, then I'm on board with that. The one we did was organized. I'm just saying you could, there are other ways to do it. Like, okay. Like lightning round. So my sophomore year of high school, I was in gym with Robbie and there was one day when we went outside and we think, Oh, we're going to play kickball or something. And the teacher said, we're going to go out to uh, the track and you were going to run two miles. And it was one of the worst days of my life. (laughs) I I hate running every day. Yeah, that's awful. That's that's a dumb thing against. Uh, so I am, yeah, I'm. I, I have no problem with other people doing five Ks and stuff. Like I'm sure it's hey, you know you just described. You know you just described jogging, right? Yes. No, I. I bleep hate jogging. I hate doing it. Also, I hate. Okay, doing, just, I just don't want to be a diamond. Got okay, I, we got, yeah. we've got two more to go. Um, Black Friday. Michael. Ooh, yeah. And, so I, not not COVID time Black Friday, but just mm-hmm. Black Friday. The uh, you know everybody knows what Black yeah, Friday is. Yeah, I um I uh, used to work on in internet um, internet retail um, company, and uh, this was the day that I had to work like fifteen hour days. Um, so I'm against it just because of PTSD. Okay, <laughs> Rob, I don't do that anymore. So I'm, I'm in so a different kind of this. internet. I'm, I'm against this. I'm more of a Cyber Monday kind of guy, or really a, a cyber. <laughs> that was also a tough day for me. I, I'm more of a Cyber Any Day kind of guy. Um, I do have family members who actually love Black Friday. Like they will go at three in the morning to the local outlet mall. Uh, and I just don't get it. Like it's not fun for me. So pass, get, skip, pass again. Patrick. Yeah, I think it. it's good if you want like a specific thing. For like the last three years, I've been like, next Black Friday, I'm going to buy a new laptop, but then I never have the money to do that. So it's kind of a bummer. But like if I did and I could just go in and get like a laptop at $500 off, I'd be, I'd be like real cool with that. That'd be awesome. I'm going to get a toaster like oven this year. And by Papa, I mean me. Oh, that's know. nice. But I feel like for good products, it's usually like the like lower level version. It's like it's not the, actually the good product. It's like the knockoff that they discount. That's, that's incorrect. No? Okay. Then never mind. Our our last lightning round uh, topic. Uh, The President of the United States pardoning a real turkey. (laughs) Controversial. Let me me finish. This year, President Donald Trump pardoned a turkey named Corn. Our president. Corn? (laughs) Yeah, the turkey's name was Corn. And I included a link because there's actually a, a, like, wild history that goes back to um like how this even began and i believe it happened in the first bush administration um with heavy pressure from the turkey lobby <laughs> so <laughs> oh so it's I, I didn't realize it was that recent of a tradition i thought yeah it, was, it doesn't um, go back that far so like I, I believe we were alive in a time when no turkeys were pardoned wow 
Michael, you're still against? Um, yeah, this is pretty dumb. <laughs> <laughs> but I love the name Corn for anything. <laughs> I'm switching. I'm, a, I'm four. All right. Robbie? If this was something that had gone on since, like, the late 1700s, I would be very for it for, like, that sense of quirky American history. But if this just started in the 90s, then I'm so against this because there's no point to it, and it's so dumb. I believe it started in 88. Still against. But in 2090, people can look back and be like, this is quirky Americana that we're doing right now. (laughs) So four? (laughs) Um, I was wondering, actually, because I saw a story on this like what happens with these turkeys like are all they are they all living on a farm together i, I did go I, I did try to figure that out diamonds, i know diamonds. leading leading up to the pardoning they um they're treated really well they literally stay in the hotel and they're like what? it's like a really i mean this is the big turkey lobby we're talking about here so you know these, these are people that don't play around um, I don't know what happens afterwards. I think that next um, Thanksgiving they go back to the farm or they get eaten a week later or something. Um, I don't know. Um, I do think it's interesting that like when we look back on the last four years, like what was like the the, the most normal part of uh, the, the this current administration? <laughs> like, well, uh, the president pardoned a turkey named Corn. <laughs> like, yes, that was <laughs> the most normal thing that doesn't stand out in any other way and that's the most political that we're going to get on this show (laughs) if you are still listening please consider telling a friend about for or against and if you haven't yet please write a review on apple podcasts we'd also love to hear about any topics you're for against or undecided on via instagram twitter tiktok or our facebook page at for or against pod we just might feature them on a future episode for now thanks for listening and happy thanksgiving bye just old friends on the podcast, we build a defense On ridiculous topics, are you for or against? Discussing random issues, man, the show is immense So tune in and choose a side that you sit on the fence Man, we debate a lot of issues, boy, where do we start? Adults who drink milk and self-driving cars You listening now to for or against So turn the volume up, this is for or against